In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. Hope everybody's having a beautiful day. I hope the sun is shining. I hope the birds are singing. I hope your cat didn't run away, get eaten by a dog. That would be a bad one. Hope everyone's doing awesome. I got an incredible show for you today. I called this one In the Valley of the Shadows. And my guest today is Adam Butler. And you may know him from his book, Butler's DMT Field Guide. He's been on quite a few podcasts lately. He's got an incredible story, and he's a really fun person to talk to. And uh, I'm going to start off a little poem here for everybody. In the silent chambers of the soul's abode, Adam Butler, seeker of the cosmic code, unveils the secrets of the sacred vine from shadowed depths to realms divine. Adam, thanks for being here, my friend. How are you? I'm wonderful. Even better now after hearing that. That was beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course, man. Of course, I uh, I'm stoked you're here. It's uh, you know, prior to starting up, you and I were just talking about the way in which sometimes tragedy happens to you, and the only thing you can do with it is kind of polish it up, make it a diamond, and start showing it to people, man. Maybe you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's what both of our calling ended up being in life after a, a bunch of turmoil, and um, you know, mine was kind of more self-imposed and self-inflicted mm. than than you know some of your your history and, and trauma, um, but yeah, now it's just a matter of, of trying to to do the best uh, that I can with with the information that I received, and, and ultimately now that's helping people as opposed to making money and buying shit and having more houses and being in that rat race because that just was drives me and, and most people right into the ground. So that's definitely not it. Are you trying to tell me money can't buy happiness, Adam? Is that what you're trying oh, to say? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, I can also tell you being broke, working for $20 an hour and uh, you know, living in your parents' basement, that that's not necessarily <laughs> happiness. But yeah. that's ultimately where it, there has to be a balance. Um, but a balance doesn't mean all good, all light, all positive. Uh, it comes with the darkness and the heaviness. 
And I think that's, you know, that's partly why you write your book, wrote your book, excuse me, that's why you have this podcast, is really to, one, integrate the suffering. But before you yeah. can do that, you have to acknowledge the suffering, uh, make peace with the suffering, and, and understand that it's part of your story and part of your narrative. And it can be a beautiful part, but uh, until you recognize that you need to embrace that to make yourself whole. Uh, and I, I love that the title, you know, saying that the, the valley of, of darkness uh, or the valley of suffering. And it's because you do need to wallow in the depths of that, that area to really get the confidence and the, the tools that you need to uh, not only live a happy life, but then share that, that message with others. But yeah, I yeah. wallowed in some dark shit for <laughs> quite some time. Of course. I mean, it's where you, you know, on some level, how can you not, when society has conditioned you to find happiness only in external validation, because after a while it just becomes so empty. You start looking around and you're like, I'm just fucking pretending, man. I'm just, what am I doing? I'm running away from everything that I love and doing this other thing. Cause I think it'll make me happy. And other people seem to be happy when they have it and they treat me nice when I have it. But secretly, you know, it's, it's that, is that whether you're talking about Carl Jung or whether you're reading scriptures like, I was born with a thorn in my side, a messenger from Satan to torment me. I prayed to the Lord to take the thorn away from me. And in his infinite wisdom, I heard his voice saying to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For in weakness, my power is made perfect. It's in that weakness. It's in that valley of darkness that you you're made perfect, man. To come out of there and realize I'm a pretty amazing person. That is where the strength comes from. You have to sit in that darkness and hold it for a while, man, right? What do you think? And then learn to lean into it. Uh, not that you're looking for, for bullshit and for things to go wrong, but it's a, a whole different dynamic shift on perspective. Uh, mm. How do you deal with major adversities? Uh, like we, we've both had major life-changing events to just – the, the minor things like a flat tire. Well, maybe that saved you from getting into an accident or uh, it, there's a long line at the, the supermarket. Well, maybe you can spark up an interesting conversation or a, a small child walks by and, and tells you a joke and it just makes your whole day where it's, it's looking for that opportunity as opposed to just being miserable. Um, and I think two of the biggest lessons that I learned with psychedelic use, and, and I know it's two that, that you married, um, is, is just that to, to be present, to be here now, um, to, to understand that you have to take the good with the bad. Um, and, and, and really just not, not run from it, turn it, turn it into something good. Uh, but like I said, it almost, it, it changes how you do everything because there is no bad. There, there may be some upsetting things and there may be some pain in your life, but it's only opportunity to grow, only opportunity to learn. Uh, you know, I use the analogy of getting like Boy Scout or Girl Scout badges on, on your sash. I, I want more of those badges, knowing that someone going to take some bullshit to get, but uh, I want a life full of of challenges and, and scars that, that showed what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a great quote that circumstances don't make a man, they reveal him or a woman for that matter. But you know, it's, it's these things that you go through. And I like what you said it when you, when you change one thing, you change everything. Like we start thinking about the, and psychedelics do this for, for me is this idea. Like it helps you understand a little bit more about the idea of complexity, like changing one thing changes everything. And it's both powerful. It's powerful because you can begin to get yourself out of, 
this narrow vision of your world, or maybe you live in like one dimension, like the book Flatland. You know, if you only live in this one small dimension, just being aware that there's something going on over there and then beginning to explore it allows you to understand that we're all connected. And I, it's, it's fascinating to me to, to see how psychedelics can help you begin your journey into this idea of awareness, man. And, you know, I want to jump real fast to this. In your book, Adam, like everyone should check out Adam Butler's book. DMT field guide. It's full of incredible, not only an incredible personal story, but recipes and just all kinds of cool stuff. And then you should check it out in your story, Adam, you talk about this death journey for like a year. Like you're thinking about killing yourself, man. Like, can you just color that in for me? I have some following up questions, but I would just love the opportunity for you to hear in your own words, what was going on there and explain to the audience, please. It was a long and winding story, uh, but like I said, it was it was self inflicted and and way different from a, a lot of people that that grew up with with some some trauma. And, and I know you know your personal story is littered with that. I was literally raised with a silver spoon in my life. I had absolutely everything. I had the high paying jobs, the college education, great, uh, awesome parents, awesome friends. Um, I had owned fifteen houses at that point. I was wow. making you know one hundred eighty grand a year. Not huge money, but Think things were yeah. good, but I was the biggest probably change and shift was uh, getting rid of alcohol. So I'm I'm now three years and three months uh, being sober, and that's something I'll I'll never touch again. So getting that cloud uh, and running from my shit that that was huge. So getting that out of my life. But prior to that happening, uh, I had lost multiple long term relationships. Uh, I had a restraining order put up against me where I, I actually lost my house. Um, I threatened to kill a man, which, and I'm not saying any of this lightly, and I can get into more of the, the details, but over the course of like a year and a half, all of this shit happened. And I just, I had checked out. Uh, I, I was done with society. I was done with myself. And, and it, I didn't, it wasn't like a, a rash deci decision, like, oh, I'm going to go kill myself. It was something where I, I had the right to do this as any human I think has. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm able to weigh the options. Uh, I was going to do it in a way where I had a you know life insurance policy. I had kind of things lined up where uh, I was going to leave people with enough money to party with. And, um, but the, the, the culmination of my, my journey was on a Sunday night, uh, I had found out that some guy screwed me over 900 bucks. And in the, the cost of my life, and at that point, it was absolutely nothing. But it was a matter of principle and, and integrity. And it didn't get resolved the way that I thought it should be. I did get my 900 bucks. It was proven that, that you know, this guy was wrong. But he looked at me like, like I was the asshole for calling him out on it. And uh, it, it, it got really serious really quick. On, and like I said, that was a Sunday night. And we lived probably like a, a quarter mile from one another. So I knew it wasn't going to end well with both of our tempers. And uh, that Monday morning, I, I was like, I'm going to leave and, and drive to California to hug a redwood tree. And I literally left, drove 60, uh, 26 miles, got to Kansas City, Missouri. And then from there, I was like, I'm just going to go. I had probably like 70, 80 grand that I could spend that I was like, fuck, I'm just going to piss away this money. I'm going to live what I want to do. And um no, I did kind of go back and forth to, to home base, but I pretty much spent a year and a half. I went to like 40 states, traveled to, I think, like, like 260 new cities, uh, lived on the beach, lived in Vegas, and, and did all this exploration of myself while being quiet, meditating in the desert, doing all that. 
all the while doing doing shrooms and and ultimately uh, DMT. And I started with with shrooms and and started getting really good therapeutic value and, and insight where I, I was holding up the true mirror to myself. Uh, and that's really that's when I saw. And this is where I I, I wanted to make that point about the first thing about. Um, looking for external validation. Mm. So I finally realized that I was looking for all of these external validations for my internal problems. And as soon as I realized, well, no, you're the drunk, you're the narcissistic, you're the mean belligerent person, you're the, you know, and all of these, these horrible things that, that I was running from, as soon as I saw that, that my, this is where I need to work on. It was inside. It wasn't anything outside. Uh, then I could kind of start working on the solutions, but it was a, a long, a long journey. Um, and then, and with in that psychedelic space, you really go through some some dark, <laughs> some dark conversations with your psyche. And uh, but it's what I needed, and and I came out a completely changed man. Um, I've never been happier. I've never been more content. And I still have a bunch of shit in my life I've got to work through. But now it's really just a matter of sharing my love with myself and seeing the beauty in myself, but then sharing that with others and and letting other people that may look as weird as I do, uh, <laughs> feel that, that same love and beauty. I think you did kill yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't mean that literally, maybe, I mean, that kind of like, you, obviously you're still here, but I think you did get rid of the person that you were like, there's a real, that's like a spiritual suicide in some way, but not as a pejorative, like a spiritual suicide. And I'm going to kill these bad habits. I'm going to cut off this part of myself that is killing itself. Like the, like the same symbolic picture of the, of the dragon eating its tail or the, you know, the, the serpent eating its tail on some level, the habits that we have, these negative things that we're running from are actually killing us. So it's like you're you're killing the thing that is killing you, and I just, I mean, it's taking back the power, and yeah. and it's they whatever and whatever type of energy suck entities you want to call them, or whether it's your demons, your devils, yeah, whatever, whatever is is you know draining you, or that that plaque that's hanging on you, or the, the monster on your back, they know you have the power, and and it instantly not only shifts in you, but but when you turn that spotlight on them or they, whatever, whatever the issues are, it, the power dissipates and, mm -hmm. and that, that power you can then take on to any challenge that you, you have in life because, uh, you know, that it, it's kind of like a parasite, a parasite mm -hmm. if it kills it, it's screwed. So why is it, it, it can't, I don't know. It, you're, you, you are the one that hold the, the power. You're the, you're the energy source. You're the one of all the being. And in, maybe in that analogy, you can literally just pluck that parasite and throw it off and it will die without your nourishment and your attention and your care. It will die. So don't nourish the, the, the darkness that's holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to think about what we give our energy to and what that does to our awareness of life. Yeah. I'm curious What is it do you think about psychedelics that allows you to approach these things about yourself that you previously ran from? Because it's I know for me the same way it's people I talk to. These things that we run from, like we've been running from them and it causes destructive habits. But all of a sudden, you know, you build up a relationship with psychedelics. Like, why does it, in your opinion, 
what's the change? How come this particular substance allows you to see things in a certain way or feel things? Well, maybe you can describe what it is that allowed you to change and what do you think about that relationship? I think it allows a true and genuine and authentic connection with yourself. And mm. ultimately, no one knows you and your issues better than yourself. And I know with my uh, my personal story, you know, I, I went to college for almost eight years. I was well-read. I've read probably 10,000 mm. books. Uh, I, I owned you know multiple businesses, had the houses and all that. So I always kind of came off as this condescending, really, I can talk <laughs> my way out of anything. And I can fool, I, I can manipulate anybody and everybody to somehow whatever. And that's, and it sucks to say it like that, but that's how I did go through the world. And, um, you know, so I could lie to my parents. I could lie to my friends and my girlfriend. Uh, I actually paid a, you know, a high end therapist, 240 bucks an hour. And, and I had multiple sessions with this guy, but I was still going in there trying to mind fuck him. Like I, I was telling him truthful statements, but I was doing it in a way that I knew I could lead him down the direction that I wanted to lead him to, mm. so that I could somehow think he would confirm my intelligence and that my brain was just so beyond whatever. And it was, it was fucked. I wasn't really going there trying to get help. I was going there just, all right, fine. I'll go see a therapist, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm, I, I went in there thinking I'm smarter than this guy too. So how the hell is he going to help me? And he doesn't really know me. He's only known me for, for what I tell him. The, the therapy that I had was just holding that mirror up to myself. And, and I mentioned mm -hmm. a quote in my book, something to the effect of, you know, it was like having a conversation with God, God, excuse me, in yourself and everybody's on truth serum and there's no ulterior motives. Everybody's there that just to, to have a true, honest discussion. And I found that I couldn't run from myself. So that ability to not bullshit myself and to be like, well, no, you're 40 pounds overweight because you're, you're fucking drinking 10 beers a day and then you're eating fast food to hide the bear breath. So that way you go home smelling like fast food instead of beer. And then you're not, it's like, or, or you know, you're losing all these relationships because you're a mean, belligerent, nasty person. Like, mm. I wouldn't want to be your friend either. Um, and then, like I said, it, it was just a matter of, of seeing that and, and then now acting on it. Um, yeah. that, that, that's what psychedelics, psychedelics did for me. And I think it's the exact opposite. What most people in society do, which is combine a bunch of alcohol with prescription pills. It's everything zombied out. There's no highs, there's no lows. Mm. Everything's just, you're never crying. You're never, you're never doing anything. Uh, and you're just sweeping under the rug for 15, 20 years. And then you realize, you know, then you get a divorce that slaps you in the face or you lose everything, or you realize your kids don't want to talk to you anymore or you know, any myriad of things that can shake you out of it where psychedelics i think you shake yourself out of something as opposed to some traumatic event doing it for you yeah what's your take on the i know some people that that have given up alcohol they go through like the 12-step program and but there seems to be a divide in that particular group of people using drugs afterwards some people say oh you've done mushrooms you've done drugs you slip back well, do you have a do you have any opinion on on that particular fight? Uh, for somebody that's been in the trenches for a very long time, so I started drinking alcohol when I was twelve um, and drank it literally every day, pretty much till I was mm. thirty nine. Um, I come from a family of alcoholics; mm -hmm. uh, it's something that that's near and dear to me. Um, completely, completely different. So when I say I'm sober, when I say that that I, that I you know. I'm, I don't think that I'm right. cheating by saying I'm doing DMT or shrooms because, because <laughs> one, uh, you know, with alcohol, it was just always a way to, to dull, to mask, to try to, instead of having 
intellectual deep conversations with mm. people in social settings. You would just drink to kind of have surface conversations. You, yeah. you would never, it was just always a way of dulling and getting less information and projecting less of your true authentic self. I think with, with shrooms and DMT, uh, I know in my case, I, I, I don't ever really use them to party or to go to clubs or concerts. I'm, right. I'm only using them in a meditative spiritual setting. I'm only doing them with the intent of, of learning or having some sort of therapeutic value. So, uh, it, it's a completely different dynamic on, on everything. And, and the, the reason why you're doing it is, is huge. Uh, one, one is to run and, and one arrive, run away, excuse me. And the other is to really, uh, seek the, the deep truth. So, uh, and I, I question anybody who maybe uses alcohol to actually do a, a DMT, a shroom session and say, it's anything similar. <laughs> mm. one you lose all of your <laughs> abilities and the other you gain access to unknown abilities that you never even experienced before so. yeah i'm hopeful that <clears throat> in this shift that we're going through we'll begin to see you know i think some of the ways in which we've tried to heal people is sick you know <laughs> and i think telling people that you're an addict like you 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 on some level you abolish them forever to this place of addiction. Like you are this forever. Like how, what a, what a horrible label to put on someone instead of like, look, man, you went through this spell right here. There's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And I realize that maybe that there's people that, that need this particular method in order to solve this problem. Maybe it's all they have, but I think that we're moving towards a strategy for life, not only in doing meaningful things with our life, but approaching healthcare and approaching addiction and approaching these social ills in a new way. What do you, do you think that this whole thing is moving in, in that direction as we are, you and I and people like us, and hopefully people younger than us are starting to find ways to live a more meaningful life, that we're also trying to find ways to approach addiction and all these social ills another way? I think it's starting to move, but th there's a large mass <laughs> that has, has to develop yeah. momentum. But uh, I have, I have a, a perfect story about okay. how it's just it's it's fucked how the system works, because yes. I wouldn't have two of the most beautiful beings in my life if, if I didn't. If, if the medical system got the way they wanted. And I have this, mm. this woman in my life. Her name is Sam. Uh, she's the the wife slash girlfriend of, of one of my best friends. And she went through some bullshit growing up where she, you know, she got addicted to, to drugs and she was into some pretty hard things and she got pregnant and she got pregnant with my, once again, my, one of my best friends, my little mentor, uh, Sean jr. <laughs> and when she was pregnant with him right from the bat, that the doctors were like, all right, we're going to have a plan to take the baby from you. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to put you on a different drug, but you are still going to be on these drugs. Uh, and there was never any discussion about, all right, well, this would be the perfect opportunity to, to have your body's physiologically, physiologically is going to change. Uh, you know, this, this is a great option. Yeah. Let, let's, let's kick, kick the drugs. They never even had that discussion and they went to several doctors and it was the same conversation. They were just like, oh, that, that's great. Well, we'll figure out a way to take the baby and sign these papers here. And they were just like, no, we're, we're dedicated. Uh, she quit smoking cigarettes. She quit drinking alcohol. She quit smoking <laughs> marijuana. She quit all of her drugs, uh, and, and beat it. And, and then, so several months into it, 
they started doing the drug test and the blood work and they were like, wow, they, they really couldn't believe that she was actually doing this. And, and up until the very last moment, they still thought that she was going to do some kind of relapse and, and not continue through with it. And now to this day, three years later, there's two kids involved. They're both beautifully healthy. She's never gone back to anything. She's happy and healthy. And it's just, could you imagine if you just listened to them? Um, and then just an, another quick story. I was just on yeah. a podcast where uh, these guys were in Germany. I guess one of his buddies broke his leg and the doctor was just like, you know, stay off your leg for six, four to six weeks and hopefully it'll heal. And, um, you know, he's like, well, what am I getting for pills? And like, nothing, stay off it for four to six weeks. And he's like, well, if I stand up, it hurts. And he's like, well, don't stand up. You know, you got to lay down and let it where over here, they would just give you a huge bottle of Oxycontins or some, some drug that now you're dulling your senses. Uh, mm. it's like having you know, a new modern car with all these indicator lights, so you know exactly what's going on. And if, if you need transmission fluid or if a tire is low or any of these things, and instead of using those indicator lights to help you fix your car or address the issue, you're just shutting them off or blocking them. And I think that's what most people do today, especially in, in, in the United States, where it's just drug everybody up. And don't stay off your leg for four to six weeks. No, but take a bunch of numbing pills. So that way, you, you think you're okay. Well, no, you're not okay. You just broke your fucking leg. Like, you know, you got, you got to rest up, but people don't, don't want to do the hard work. They certainly don't want to do the, the deep psychological shadow work, uh, like we were discussing to, to solve their issues. They would rather just, you know, laugh off, drink two bottles of wine, snap a picture of social media, act like everything's cool. Meanwhile, <clears throat> it's all going to shit. Yeah. People are just dying inside. And on some level, I think that that is, you know, I, when you just pan back and for me, when I look at my life and I see this change that I'm going through, that I've been going through and what it took to get here, like I see it as a part of society because I still see so many of my friends that I love that are, that are doing, doing what they were doing, you know, prior a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, family members doing the same thing. And it's, I started thinking to myself, like, it's so easy to lie to yourself. You know what I mean by that? Like, it's so easy to say like, okay, I'm going to do this for my, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to this job for my family. Cause I gotta, I gotta pay this bill. Right. I'm going to do this. And like, we, we come up with these ideas, but the, when you start uncovering that, it's like, are you really doing that for your family? Because you're fucking gone all day, man. Are you really doing that for your family? Because you're telling your daughter about integrity and morality, and yet you're doing something you don't like to do. And you're trading it all in for like a handful of dimes, man. Like, are you really doing that for your family? Or are you doing it because you're afraid? And when I hear these stories, you know, it sounds to me like our modern, so much of our modern systems, whether it's a, a company you work for or the Medicare system, it's, it's this sort of perverse relationship between certainty and fear. Like, oh, we got to be certain about this thing. But the truth is, and I think psychedelics play a huge role in this, is like, you can't be certain about anything. And uncertainty brings with it fear. And so people try to mask the problem with pills, or they get up and they do this thing every day, not realizing they're taking one step further away from the things that they love. It's like, we're trying to be certain about things and because we, we're fearful. But if you can just think about those two subjects, uncertainty and fear and the relationship between them, I really think you can take steps in becoming a better person and, and, and doing what's right for you. And I think psychedelics play a huge part in that. 
another thing that uh, like it sounds to me when I look at your book and when I'm listening to your conversations, some of the previous podcasts, it seems like you've gone through this giant rite of passage, you know, and maybe it's the age you are, maybe it's the, all the trauma that you went through, but what is your take on your, this instance in your life as a rite of passage, a passing of the baton. And perhaps you could talk about an absence of these rites of passage in our culture. Yes, so now I sit here as the gray beard bald guy. But I say that honestly, and, and I'm 43 years old, so hopefully I have many more years to, to live uh, and, and share this story. But ultimately, that is why I'm, I'm here, because I, I do have younger friends. I, I do have yes. several younger nieces. I, I do want the best for, for humankind in general. I mean, it sounds corny, but through all this, that, that is what I want. So it's not so much a matter of, don't go through any um, any trauma or, or you're not going to have suffering or adversity. That That's going to happen, but it's a matter mm -hmm. of how you deal with it. So it's it's not try to come up with some sort of method or, or lifestyle plan where you're going to avoid all of it. It's it's no, life is going to be tough, but how, how do you share it? And I think where what I'm hoping to share with, with my story and my kind of ex, not exposing psychedelics from a personal raw state, because there are a lot of, there are a lot of people doing that. But it's more trying to understand people on the fringes. Um, mm -hmm. I think with psychedelics, my empathy and sympathy and connection to to being, to self, to source uh, has has grown a, a million fold. And I like talking to the people that. And I don't want to make judgment calls of whether it's the homeless guy that smells like piss or the eccentric person with the you know the mohawk and the tattoos and the, all the piercings or the you know what? I, the, the, I just I tend to gravitate towards the, the the people that express themselves in unique ways, and I and I just want to keep sharing that. Where it's like, no, it's okay to shine your own light. It's okay to be beautifully unique and to do your own thing. Um, and you know, you, you bring up fear and uncertainty, and I think that's tied a lot into living too much either in the past or the future. Either you're mm -hmm. so caught up about what's going to happen, or you're so worried about what you already did, and just quickly to sum up my kind of breakthrough DMT session where, and, and I had a lot of, like I said, prior to that, I had a lot of shroom sessions where I, I did hours and hours of, of contemplative thinking of what I saw and, and reliving past life regressions and, and all of this. But that, that one pivotal moment at the end of that first day, um, it was learning to be present and to be here and to be now and, and how that kind of visualized or, or how that was exposed to me was that, I had all of these proverbial dots in my life and my, my way, my mind worked. I was always trying to connect them and I was trying to see how, how mm. the past was connected to the future and, and what story is going to happen now and, and all of this shit. And I can never really just be there. Um, in that state, it was, all right, you want to have these thousand dots connected? Boom. They all connected. And then those blew up and then it was a million dots and then those mm. were connected and then a trillion dots and those, those blew up. And then it was just this infinite number of dots. And it was like this, this laughable energy being like, the job is not to connect the dots. The, the job is to have the space between the dots. The, the space between the dots is where all the information is. And, and the game is to be enjoyed, not to be won. And, and that really sitting there with all of my proverbial dots surrounding me, I realized that the best place to be is just right here and to, to be present. So I came out of that and I've never 
had a cup of coffee the same since. I've never seen a sunrise the same since. I've never smoked a, a good joint the same since. I've never made love to a beautiful woman the same in the same way. Everything just completely changed and shifted because I saw everything in a completely different way. Uh, and I could really just be here that very second. And then, yes, I still had the bills and the debt and fucking threatened to kill a guy. And I had, you know, all the crap that I still needed to deal with. But it was... I can't deal with it in the past or the future. I can only deal with it now. And it starts with being the best man I can be, being the, the model, you know, person to my nieces. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was being here today. Like you just asked, you know, what my timeline is for, for this interview. It's however, however long it needs because I'll, I'll never be restrained or constricted with myself or my time or my being by anything or anybody ever again. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have to work or you don't have to be obligated to, to be some places, but yeah. uh, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm the master of what I do with my body and mind now and psychedelics really gave me that power. It's interesting to think about awareness and what you're aware of now. I mean, you can look back on things and, you know, oftentimes you'll hear people say something like, oh, I wish I knew than what I know now, you know, and obviously you can't know that, but I heard you in a previous podcast talk about senses and awareness and sometimes in a heightened state, be it DMT or mushrooms, that we have more awareness or more senses. Do you, do you remember talking about that? And I was hoping you could flesh that out a little bit more. Oh, I'd love to. Um, <laughs> I feel like the last few have, have podcast interviews have been more about the, not the, the down or the dark side, but the the valley and, and the tragedy and, and all of that uh, the beauty in, in the light though. And I think that's where, and hopefully the last half of the conversation, we can, you know, share more of the, the beauty. Of course. Um, and the heightened senses, I think is fantastic. Uh, so people typically ask, you know, is it, are you just having hallucinations? Is it in your brain? Is it just something that you're thinking? Uh, and they kind of dismiss it as, well, it's, it's on drugs, so it can't be real. It's not mm -hmm. reality. The way I look at that is we, we typically have our five senses. And in our normal stating, a well, waking state, say that they're turned up to a dial of 10. In a psychedelic state, you not only have those five senses dialed up from 10 to 100 or, or 1,000, but you have then an additional 5, 10, 15, 20 other senses. And that's where I'm struggling to come up with names or how do you, how do you say you're getting information conveyed to your body by what source? I, I, you know, I don't know. It's not hearing, it's not touch, it's not sight, it's not sound. But if you have, uh, you know, a hundred data points as opposed to 10, how can it not be more real? How can it not be more profound? How can, how can these experiences not be more real than, than real? And I think that's where, you know, you, you, the, the study in the 90s where Strassman had all these volunteers going under and that was a, a common thread was they came out with a sense of no that's reality that's the real sense because you still have your original five senses but then you have all these other ways that your body and being can receive energy and information and it's enlightening uh, you can't unsee that uh, it, it's you know once you've seen the, the proverbial ghost uh, you know how where to look for it and now I feel like I walk around in my my walking state with heightened senses that are that can be kind of tapped into, like not necessarily like superpowers have been unlocked, but um, I know they're there. So now I know I can feel vibrations. I know I can sense emotions. I know 
I know that my body has the ability to do that because I've experienced it. And then from there, you can stop practicing it. But that's where, you know, I, I have a, a chapter about transcendental sex um, research and art where I really think psychedelics can be used in all of those fields where the artist, artist in any media can can just be that much more authentic, authentically ex express themselves because they now have that much more to uh, information to hone in on. Um, you know, with, with science, it just takes one different way of thinking about autism or, or Alzheimer's disease or one different thing about end of life treatment where it just takes one one tweak. Uh, and I think psychedelics can kind of remove that brain clog, uh, and whether it be in a person personal sense or in a collective sense. Um, but yeah, that that's that's where the fun is now exploring these these different like what's the potential of your body, my body, your body. And, it, and it's amazing. <clears throat> Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if, you know, and talk about some of the, the, the good ways how it can rearrange the brain. Uh, yeah. If I could, I want to touch on your story because it, it ties into yeah, a it. lot of stories that, that I've share, but I feel like yours is my stories times, times a hundred uh, where how can you take adversity? How can you take suffering and, and have a new way of looking at it where it's meaningful and helpful, not only for you, but for others. And I said, obviously I was doing some research on you, listening to some of your podcast, but I, what really in my introduction, introductory to you, like I said, was on Susan Gunner's podcast. Susan. You, you detailed the story about you and your wife, um, you know, losing your son and that whole lengthy process. And at the end of it, she paused and there was a pause for a, a good minute, minute and a half. And I remember when I was listening to that, I was crying my eyes out and I was wiping my, my tears and my snot. And I was thinking, Oh shit, did my, did my radio skip? Did my like did something happen? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, no, it's still running. And then she came back on. You could tell she was visibly choked up. And it was just like such a powerful story. And then you're saying it with, with a smile on your face being like, yeah, but, but he taught me this and, and I was able to, his memory and, and his, the energy that I connected allows me to now look at every child like they're my own and I'll never look at another being. And I heard that story and it gave me goosebumps because it's like, if this gentleman can, can switch a tragedy like that and granted it's a tragedy and you can't sugarcoat that, but it, it really is the most beautiful thing. It really is a blessing. And I remember telling my, my parents that story. And I was like, yo, it turned into the best thing that's ever happened to him. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's no way that, that you can twist this. And then when I said how you did change it, they were like, oh, I, I, I get it. And from somebody that's 43, that's that I don't have my own children, but I look at every children kind of the same way. Like, yeah. like they are mine. And, and it is a cool way of, of in, interacting with a child. But to be able to just have a mental shift to put some type of adversity like that, and what more than that? So if, if well, I, you know, if somebody loses their family in a car accident or you, God forbid, something happens where you, you know, you have major loss in your life, there is a way of putting it in the right compartment in your brain. And I think that's what psychedelics do is a lot of time you just don't have that compartment in your brain because you never experienced that. And, it, and unless you have a place to put it, it's going to keep rattling around and it's going to drive you nuts. And it's not going to allow you to, to live your authentic self until you find a spot to put it. And then once you do, it can be fertile ground for 
everything. Now look what it's done. You, how many thousands, hundreds, I mean, I don't know what your scope really is, but you've changed my life. You've written books to help change other people's lives. You've given me ammo for my story to be like, no, this is, it may not work for you, but look what it did for George. Look what it did for me. Look what it did for my friends. And now I've got stories and stories about similar things like that, how it just changed and tweaked a perspective. And um, we all have our own tweaking that that needs to happen. And I'd, I'd like to say that that's one thing I found DMT is different from a lot of psychedelics. Well, I shouldn't say different. It, it seemed to pinpoint the exact crack in one psyche that needs filling uh, for, for me, whether it be insecurity, whether it be you know, being molested as a kid, whether it be a uh, sense of money, whatever it is, it'll find exactly what, what needs to, to be worked on. And not that it fixes it instantly, but it shows you, Hey, stop treating the cut on your fingernail when you're really bleeding out through your gut. Like you, you've got to, you've got to put the energy here. And, um, that's, that's what psychedelics allow for that quiet state of mind. I think you can get that through maybe breathing, meditation, exercise, prayer. Uh, all you know, there's other ways of getting that that clarity. But for me, I needed that full shaking out, and psychedelics did that. Yeah, thank but you man, for the kind words, man. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I, I, <laughs> I was crying right before we started recording again because I listened to it because it's not that's not something you just forget. Like that that shades everything you do for the rest of your life. And if you can do it with a sense that empowers you and others around you, man, that that's such a blessing. Um, and the, the story I was going to share was a, and because I feel like, why not? Let's spread his name around. And I've never met the gentleman, but his name is Drew. He passed away a couple of years ago. He was a close friend of uh, these this couple of guys that I just met. And for like two years, it was always just thinking about all the suffering that this guy went through. In the last couple of years of his life, how he... he you know, was just not the man that he was because he was dying of, I believe, cancer. And, and just they had all of this this negative part of his life that was just at the forefront where it was like, well, no, for 30 plus years of his life, he was this vibrant source of energy and this beautiful light and love and all of this. And this guy found a bag of shrooms in his uh, freezer that was given to him by this friend, ironically, on his birthday <laughs> that fell out after like two or three years after his passing. And this guy did a really big shroom session. And he did this, you know, purged all the tears, purged all the bullshit, remembered the, the pain and suffering that this gentleman Drew went through, but then started remembering how his favorite movies, his favorite music, started remembering the quotes that he used to say. And now when you, he brings up his name, it's only of positive, it's only of light. And, and so not only does this gentleman have his best friend's memory and all of his positive attributes back in his life that he can use, but now he can properly share this guy's memory and insight he can share, now share the story with me that i'm sharing with you that we can share to our other guest about this gentleman who passed that had this amazing light and this ability to bring the light into a room and was everybody's best hype man and that story about him was tucked away and clouded away under this darkness about well yeah he got sick and he died yeah and that's part of the story mm -hmm. but that's but let's don't negate the light you know let, let's 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 talk about the good part of it and uh, people that walk around in that that dark space for so long sometimes need that that blast. And whether it be mechanical, chemical, uh, a combination of, of a bunch of things, whatever it takes to shake people out of that. Um, and psychedelics seems to do it for quite a few people. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, there's a, in today's environment with psychedelics, it seems to be 
at least on some level, quarantined to a container of, of medicine or a container of helping people solve emotional problems. And it's good for that. It's helped me, it's helped you, and it'll help a lot of other people. But I think that that's just like, that's the that's like the come up. You know, if we're looking at our relationships with psychedelics, like a psychedelic trip, I think that the first wave is a healing wave. And then the next wave that comes is more of like an optimization wave. You know, and like for so many of us, like we, we've like collectively, we're on this new, we've all been introduced again in the West to like a giant mushroom trip. And we've collectively taken it in the first wave. Oh shit, we're coming up a little bit. That's like a healing wave. And everyone's like, oh God, you know what? I've been a total dummy. I've been talking to this person I love like a piece, like I've been a real asshole. I got to fix this. And like that's the first wave and then it'll subside. And then the next wave is going to be like this optimization wave. Like, you know what? Why are we all afraid of death? Like I, I see this as the next wave beginning to crest. It's like this, man, we have been in this weird mindset. Like our entire lives is a race from the hospital to the graveyard. Like, what are we doing? That's dumb. Like there's so much more shit we can do. Yeah, we're going to die, but let's have some fun along the way. And let's try to make other people's lives better along the way. And instead of gathering around this morbid place and crying all in black about this person that died because we're sad like maybe we should be celebrating like that person was fucking awesome yeah. oh, yeah. you have the swing come in the guy's gonna do a backflip off the swing with like a bud light they probably have, i don't even know this you know there's a goddamn party happening here like that that's the way i want to be remembered man i want there to be a party like yeah that guy was so awesome dude did you check out this you check out like that is the celebration of life and what that does is that brings us to the idea of like, look, time is ticking. You know, whatever the hell this thing time is, let's make the most of it, man. Let's let's make sure that your kid, you give that kid a hug every day and kiss them and tell them how much you love them. Let's make sure you go out and talk to your neighbor for a minute. That hey, that the neighbor that's having a little tough time, go over there and be like, hey, man, I notice you're you're walking a little fun. Everything okay? You know, I need to get your cane. What's going on here? But being aware of what's happening around you is the wave that comes after being aware of what's happening inside of you. And like, I see that with your book. Like, I don't, you've probably been on like 40 podcasts in the last year, maybe more, like maybe 40 in the last three months, man. Everywhere I look, I'm like, I'm not another podcast. I'm not another podcast. He's got this book. He's got another book coming out, but I, I see it happening. And I'm, I want to talk about psychedelics beyond the medical container. And I'm glad that you're bringing it up because I think there is a lot of good coming our way. And, whether it's through rites of passage or celebrating life or, you know, just understanding the awareness of these different, this different sense ratio that people are beginning to navigate. Like, what do you see looking forward into the future a little bit? You know, and, and I know no one can tell the future, but as you speculate on what what's happening in this wave of psychedelics, what do you see happening that you, that you're really stoked on for psychedelics in the next year, two years or five or 10? I think there is this, consciousness shift that that's happening and i think i don't not necessarily the two to five year plan i think my my goals maybe is going to take a little bit more yeah. time but when when you meet somebody like myself or like you or, or somebody that that has a similar story with not only going through their bullshit but then finding themselves there is a, a connection and ability 
to see the beauty in yourself, but then now you are able to see that in other people. Yeah. And I think that the status quo that we're going, that we're currently in now where it's blue team, red team, it's, it's, oh, it's, you know, resources are limited. Um, it's try to bring everybody down in order to get you up. That, that is not sustainable. So something, something really has to, to be this big shift. And I think that's a natural part of evolution. So, for, you know, we've been around as humans for hundreds of thousands of years. Up, only up until very recently have we been inundated with computers and, and uh, yeah. you know, smartphones and things like that. Where I think we do need to go back to meditation, to to being connected to energy, to the to the earth, to source. Um, and I I think I think there'll be enough people where like. You know, if, if you invited me into your home, you never have to worry if I'm going to steal anything. Like, that's not even an, an option. Like, it would never be. Or if I ever see an old lady that needs a door open, of course you're going to open it. Like, to your right. point, if you see an old neighbor that, that needs a hand, of course you're going to do it. Uh, and I jokingly say in my book, too, about how, um, you know, I'll happily share my stash with any politicians and that, you know, how, how great would it be <laughs> that you, well, you wouldn't have all this bickering if, if people went on a three or four day ayahuasca retreat. Because yes, there'll be differing opinions and, and yes, th there's other ways of approaching a solution, but you realize very quickly that uh, we're all, we're all humans and we all should be kind of doing this together. So yeah, to your point, uh, something has to give. And I think psychedelics allow, you said that the, the bullshit filter to be taken off when you look in the mirror and you can see with all your flaws and all of your scars, just how perfectly beautiful you are. And then that allows you to see that in other people. And then, mm -hmm. so the judgment goes away. Uh, the fear goes away. Um, it, it's just, it's a way of living that. And then that's why I say I'm, I'm trying to find like my island of misfit fucking psychonauts out of <laughs> bunch of bullshit because what a happy community it will be because it is what's, what's best for the greater good, uh, not selfish hoarding of material goods and manipulation of people. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to take probably more than two to five years, but I do see the younger generation having less hate, uh, mm -hmm. less racism, less homophobia, less just hopefully those are things that aren't even part of the conversation 50 years from now. It's, it's more, uh, how do we be, be good, just resonances of this planet and <laughs> stop killing everything, including <laughs> ourselves. But. Yeah. Yeah. I see the, um, you know, I, I love the, the wave metaphor. And I, I just think that like, that's how, like, if, you know, they say history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And I think it moves in like this helical pattern where it's always rising up. And like, when I see the world of psychedelics today in a medical container, and then I realize, son of a bitch, that's what happened in the late 50s. And I go, uh-oh, here come the 60s, epic. Like soon to be school buses, maybe Tesla school buses touring the country with some good music that, you know, arguably the 60s gave us the doors and Fleetwood Mac and Jimi Hendrix, like, and, and all, and like, you know, there's, there's, um, all kinds of characters that showed themselves and it was springtime and the world was a bun of like, there's abundance of talent. And like, I see that, like, and I realize, like, and I, I always laugh because I'm like, we're going to look back on these days, like the early, early 60s and late 50s. And I'm like, what a glorious role we get to play. Adam Butler's book is going to be a book that maybe, you know, 
turns into some guy from Stanford holding it up at some bus. <laughs> like, Listen to this, man. I got Adam's new book right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I see that wave coming. Like, and it, and it stems from people coming to terms with the pain and the sorrow. But after the pain and the sorrow comes this next wave of, okay, how do we make things better? And that comes with, you know, the, the, the embracing togetherness, embracing all the differences. And if you look at the wedge of division that's been placed among us between black and white and gay and straight and red and fucking blue, like it's so stupid. It's so dumb to go, that person thinks exactly the same thing as me, just wearing a different color. Now you can barely tell the difference. If you, if I got like my dad and my uncle in a room, one of them like a Biden supporter and one of them a Trump supporter. If I didn't tell them who we were talking about, the arguments would be almost the exact same. This guy's old. This guy's dumb. This guy's corrupt. Yep. Yep. You're right. They both are. You know what I mean? Like, it's so silly to me. So I, I see this next wave coming up and I, I think that's part of it. And I, I think that people who have lived up to this point can play a huge role in creating the best lives for themselves, getting through your own trauma and becoming the best version of yourselves is going to inspire people that you don't even know. It's going to be like that stone that flows into the pond and creates ripples outward. Like you're affecting your neighbors. You're affecting the people around you right now by the language you use. And I, I know my friend Garrett Smith is like, George, that's way too optimistic, man. But when I look at Garrett's picture and I see him smiling, I think he's on board with me, man. <laughs> As as you laugh like that with your your giggle, um, I, so I've been putting in a hardwood floor the last like week at a buddy's house and listening to you. And the world <laughs> needs more laughter. The the world needs more people to say, "Hey, you're beautiful. You're wonderful." Um, and without and and that's probably been the most rewarding part of my journey and story so far is hearing the stories of other people. Once once they hear my rawness, where I'll. I'll yeah. What do you want to know? I lost all my money. I lost all my houses. Yeah. I, I got kicked out of my house. I got a restraining order. I, I've, I'm fucking, <laughs> you know, like all. So there's nothing that you can tell me that's going to make you feel less than or, or feel like you have to be on the defensive. Uh, I'm sharing my rawness with you. And as soon as that happens, then they'll, then they can stop peeling back. And but it's just knowing it's exposing yourself to yourself. And if it yes. takes a conversation, if it takes a book, if it takes a podcast to start that conversation, that's, that's what I'm hoping to do. And it's left with me hugging a bunch of grown men, you know, with tears in our eyes being like, Oh, I love you, brother. And it's like, fuck, man, I wish, man, I wish we could have done that five, 10 years ago. But then more importantly, we know there's other people that, that need that. And yeah, you know, I, I ended my book with the last chapter saying, love thy neighbor. And it, it's kind of coming full circle when I started the book, hating myself and everybody in it and being this huge destructive force to coming to, to be like, no, you, you have to love yourself and, and love everybody. Now it doesn't mean there's not assholes and there aren't people that aren't deserving of it. And, and by all means, you get to have that filter. And, and if so, you know, tell them to get the hell off your path, but to look at another individual with empathetic and sympathetic eyes and ears uh, and embrace them in their story can literally save, save a life. And I, I, I know the people in my life, um, my mom probably being at the top of them, my niece being one of them, uh, my beautiful girlfriend, Alicia, who wrote in that yeah. book, these people literally saved my life by just being there for me to hold me, to listen to me cry, to say, it's okay. Uh, and that's, that's really the message I want to share with people. And, and you mirror, mirror that. And then a lot of your messages where it's just, Hey man, it's all right. Um, 
I'm here for you. And and I know both me personally and you personally would be there for anybody. If you're really in that type of dark space, man, email us, call us. Yeah. Like there, there is a, there is a way out of it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, I need 20 bucks because I can't buy a sandwich. Fuck man. Like I've, I've been there and it sucks, but you say that and you'll see five friends come out and give you that 20 bucks and you, you know who, who your friends are. And it just, it leads to, leads to healing, leads to proper healing. And I don't know, I'm hoping people can hear my destructive story and either not go through that same destruction or be like, oh yeah, like we can use those lessons and get a clarity of mind. Be here now, be present. Don't look for external solutions to your internal stuff. And you know, that that's another thing too. I could, I'm not saying anything new or novel. These are all things that have mirrored and inherited through all the, the greatest knowledge for thousands of years. It's it's, But it, it came through very clearly in all my crazy psychedelic states um that yeah we have that power <laughs> yeah i agree we do have that power i i want to touch on that but let me, let's let's talk to our friend garrett here for a minute what do you think about this one particularly adam let's begin again by championing the world's most efficient ways to create pure energy food air and water from everyday fools and and wastes so that we can get on to building real lasting quality of life everywhere because humanity's gravest challenges are borderless hunger, dehydration, poverty, pollution, disease, and climate. And since real proven and practical solutions really do exist right now, let's synchronize and resonance with complete success. Concessism in Navajo. It's called hose. Haas. It's fascinating. Like I, I, I do. I think that the way we move through this is, what you were just talking about is by understanding that everybody you see is going through a giant tragedy in their life. They're either going through one, they're about to go in one, or they're coming out of one. And as you as an individual, when you can look at somebody and see something that they're going through, that's usually a sign that you have been through something similar. You know, when you look at someone like that person's a fucking asshole, how do you know that? Like you ever like some people yeah. are really good at like that guy's a real asshole and they're really good at figuring that out. You know how they know they're good at figuring out because they're an asshole. Right. You know what I mean? Like would you and like there's nothing left to do but start laughing when you figure that out. Like, you know what I hate about this guy? He's fucking arrogant. And you go, damn it, I'm arrogant. Like that's well, the I, world showing you who you are. <laughs> that's why that's it's so right. funny. You know, being an alcoholic for 20 plus years, uh, I feel like I can speak very confidently about being an alcoholic and, and seeing both sides where before right. when I, I wasn't sober, I would hear the arguments of the people that were sober and, you know, it would be the best thing you ever did and you'll feel so healthy. But until you experience both sides, you, you know, you can't speak educatedly about both where on that mm -hmm. topic, I, I can, uh, same thing about the success. You know, I know a lot of people would go through all this and, and be like, well, if you had all the money, if you had houses, if you had the beautiful girlfriends and you had the fancy cars and it, well, then it would be all good. And I'm telling you, no, it, it's not. So I've, I've seen all that too, where, and I've lost a, a lot of friends or not necessarily lost friends, but people think I'm nuts when I say I went from all of these high paying jobs and all the responsibilities and all these things. And I don't ever want them again. I, I, I will only do what I, that I, things of a higher good, whatever, whatever the, the pay is, it's not about making more money. Um, but I can speak with certainty that that's not the ultimate goal. You, you, you don't, you're not, more money isn't going to help. More houses aren't going to help. More vacations aren't going to help. I mean, they'll, they'll add to quality of life yeah. if all your other shit is in line. But uh, yeah, that, that's not, 
now there has to be a balance. Now I'm I'm kind of on that upswing, but I guess for, for me, part part of the thing that I think I can maybe add is that I know some people haven't had that downswing yet. So up until a couple of years ago, if somebody would have come to approach me with my story, I'd be like, well, you're a fucking idiot. You shouldn't have lost everything. You shouldn't have quit your job. You shouldn't have killed anybody. You shouldn't have, how would you lose your what? Like until you do. And maybe like, I know as much as I'm on a I'm down now that I'll be on an upswing. Once I get that upswing again, that, that pendulum will potentially swing back again to the other side. And that's a natural and normal part of life yeah. where some people haven't been exposed to that that pendulum swim swing concept. And if you can open someone's eyes prior to everything imploding or destructing and kind of not like say avoid the pendulum swing, but at least know when it's going to come or how it can come or be in control of it at least yeah. and know how to manage that. Um, once again, it's you lean into every scenario. There's not one thing that, that potentially throw you off course because there is no course the, the the course is wherever the fuck it takes you. And that's how, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's the beauty of living in, in that now, um, you know, kind of I'm not trying to steal like Ram Dawson is, is great, but it really, you know, I kept saying that in my DMT, DMT states, it's like, ah, oh, just be here now, just be here now. And it's, and it's, it's powerful because there's like, even once again, prior, Prior to this, I was, and I always try to do like a moment of meditation. I said, well, why, why are we doing this? Why am I having a podcast with you? Why am I reaching out to you? And then hearing your story narrative again, and then what, what can I share and teach? And it's not just, all right, take half a day of work, get home, do another podcast. Hopefully that sells some books, do another. No, man, like you get a, every fucking moment. And if you do that, all of your relationships, including with what yourself will be that much better. Because when you're talking to the small child, you're not just, oh, he's a, he's a kid. He's not telling me anything important. No, you're engaged with him fully. When you're, to your point, when you see somebody needing help, you're there because you're you're looking for it. You're looking for that opportunity. Um, it's a cool way to go through life. Because every day you can be that proverbial Drew, that that guy that we mentioned that just makes everybody feel good and is the hype man. And um, like I said, you're, you're smiling, you're laughter. I guarantee you. There are fucking work people working all day, just being like, "This guy's a whack job." Like, he, and, and I say that in the nicest way, but like, I was even telling my girlfriend, like, this conversation is to be fun because he's just, he, what, what is, what's going to break you down? What, what is anybody going to say that's going to fucking destroy you? Nothing. The world has already tried to prove that it's going to bring down George, and it's not going to happen. So you laugh at it, and you laugh at the circumstances, and you laugh at the, the craziness of trying to control something that can't be controlled. And it's a beautiful power because you don't have to, you know, try to prove it to me. You, you know it and people instantly see it in you. And I, and I think that's if enough people walk around with, um, with the veil lifted of just, yeah, there's, there's, there's a better way of, of interacting with other fellow humans, uh, with our planet, with our resources, with all of that. And it, it can lead to a really good life. I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime. Uh, be perfectly honest with you, but I, I'm going to do my best to at least plant that small seed and, and be the the small voice that I can be to to champion that message because it can yeah. save lives. It saved my life and it saved people that I love their lives. So it's real shit. Now, maybe we should have started the, the podcast an hour ago with this about the disclaimer. Um, I don't think everybody, you know, certainly not everybody should be doing psychedelics. Uh, I don't think you know probably a majority of people should probably stay away from something as strong as DMT in, until you're truly ready or you've done your research uh you know read my, my book is is a small field guide 
uh, it should be, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, it wouldn't be my, my first one or two or three books if I was actually trying to learn all that I can about DMT. It's one to add to your library, but you really have to do as much research as you possibly can. Answer all of your own questions, uh, get other points of view. Um, but it can really, it can really help. And I, I, as much as I have to be careful and cautious of saying, oh, this is a cure-all, because it's certainly not, but it will it will shake your brain or whatever it needs to get shaken loose. Yeah. For, for better or for worse. <laughs> not yeah. that, like I've got a buddy who's like, oh, what if I take it and I realize I don't want to fucking own my company. I don't want to be married anymore. I, I realize I want to do what you did and travel the world and say, fuck it. I'm like, oh, it very well may, may tell you that. But don't you want to know? Uh, yeah, that will come up with some challenging things in your life. And I get it. And most people wouldn't be like, oh, so will you tell him to get a divorce and sell his company? And No. But if that's what his heart is telling him, if that's what his true calling is, what's he going to do? Be miserable for 20 years? And to your point earlier, being present and being here mindful allows you to be the good dad, the good husband, the good friend, the good father, like all of those things where if if you're just someplace else all the time, yeah, you may still be in a marriage or you may still own that home, but if you're not mentally present in there, what the fuck good is it? So, um, <laughs> like that marriage will reflect things that, that may be challenging to see, but it's your reflection. And that's the beauty of psychedelics. It's not imposed by society. It's not what you think. It's, it's, it's your true actual self and you can't run from it. Good or bad. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, don't you want to see it? Don't you want to look in the mirror one time and see what see what it looks like? See what you look like? Yeah. You know, it one time somebody asked me, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? And I thought to myself, you know what a cool superpower would be? Would be to get to see yourself the way others see you. And in a weird sort of way, psychedelics provide you with a third person perspective about your actions. Like that is powerful because it really allows you to make the necessary changes. Like, you know what? It's like, look, I'm like painting my wall. And I'm like, you know what? Now that I stand back from it, I think I could do like a, uh, maybe like an off-white would be better than this one. But the same thing with your actions. Like it's really hard to see what's happening when you're in it. Like all of us know people who've been in a relationship and you're like, that shit's never going to work. You know it. <laughs> right. Fucking, they don't know it. They're like, yeah, I fucking love this person. And you're like, no, you don't. You love her because she does it. You love him because of this. That's all. But it's really hard when you're in it to get it. It's, it's like the old joke, like the, the fish, an older fish swims by two young fish. And he goes, hey, boys, how's the water? And he swims by and the other fish is like, what the fuck is water? Like you don't know. But when you, when you get a perspective of it, like sometimes, and that's why tragedy can be that thing that like reflects you because it pushes you into another state. Like, oh shit, snaps you out of it for a minute and you realize, whoa, what am I doing? So psychedelics do that on some level. And like you said, so does breath work, so does prayer, but psychedelics is a way that can do it for you and it it's guaranteed to happen. You may not like what you see. I think that that is one of the, the, the problems why people, why, why may you know, one reason why everyone shouldn't do psychedelics is going to show you some things about yourself that you might not be proud of. And I don't know if you're ready for that, but it doesn't mean it's not showing you something that's not true. You know, it doesn't mean that it's, it's not showing you a reflection. Reflections can be distorted, but look, man, you may not, when you look in the mirror, you may not like what you see. What are you going to do with that knowledge? You're going to change it. You're going to just continue to turn away from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's you look at it. 
Like sometimes you got to be forced to look at it. Like that is you knock it off. And like, what better gift in the world to show you that? Like, stop doing that thing. You're ruining everything. You're so much better than that. And it's, it's interesting. It, I, yeah, it's great to have that. And I, I like that analogy of that third person perspective. Yeah. Because one, I think you, you gain it and you certainly have it enhanced when you're in a, a deep shroom, a DMT session. But it also is, is there when you're not. You know, it's something that you can take into your everyday life. Yeah. And you know, just a two kind of common example, two examples that just happened to me recently. Um, you know, one, I got pulled over by by a, a police officer and I was speeding, but it was just a like put myself in the third. All right. So there was a speed trap from 35 to 45. He got me right there. It was Saturday night. He was probably just checking. I, I drive a, a fancy sports, sports car with tinted windows. I was probably driving a little fast. like, And it's like I could get mad at, at him or I could shut my car off, put the windows down, put my hands on the wheel, address him as, yes, sir. Yeah. He was a very polite young guy. Let me go. But it was just, well, don't get all bitchy and, and who the fuck are you pulling me over? And, oh, you got me in a speed <laughs> trap. And, you know, but, but it allows you an actual, and then a kind of funny one, but I never, up until this, and the, the book's only been out for less than a year now. And prior to that, I had no social media. I wanted to have nobody have anything to do with me. I didn't want anybody to know what I looked like. So I don't really have many pictures. So for all of these podcasts I'm going on, I have like this cartoony picture, but it, I, it's with me with my shirt off. So you can see some of my tattoos, but I gave this guy an unclipped one. So it was like, you could see like a lot of my tattoos and I'm looking at this being like, what a fucking cornball. This is 43 year old guy, like on TV with his shirt off, with his tattoos, with his cartoon thing. And like, and, and not in a make fun of yourself type of way, but really just be like, no, just take a step back. Like, how is this going to look? Now, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm very, you know, I can, I can tell you why I did it and all that shit. But just to have the ability to take a step back and be, hey, or no, maybe simple example, but I was, you know, on a, a new date the other day. And uh, this woman was a beautiful woman, significantly younger than me. And, you know, we were hitting it off really good. And I was just like, listen, I'm going to. Here's the here's my hand. I'm I'm telling you, you've got all the fucking cards in your hand. Like you tell me what the hell you want to do. Like <laughs> I'm not trying to come off with some, you know, like act like I'm some god or something like that. And and you'd be on it to date with me. And it's like, no, listen, fucking, if you call me at any point, I'll be happy to have coffee with you. But it's like just take a step back and be, be where you are in every situation. And I I think the humility of that, for better or for worse, whether it be making fun of a picture of yourself or you know, no one actually, hey, maybe I don't need to, to run my mouth here, or, or maybe this isn't the time for me to express myself. Uh, or maybe I, let me check my tone of voice before I say mm. what I'm going to say. And that's that's huge to have that self-awareness, uh, especially dealing with little kids or, you know, people that are sensitive or have triggers yeah. that could set them off. Um, and that's where I think somebody like, like you and I can both be really helpful too, where you can, you can, truly feel people's story and, and not some fake bullshit way. Like you're, you're going to get paid an hourly rate to do it, but in a genuine, like, Hey, I'm interested in your human story and <laughs> man, I, I really want to connect with you and, and help you in any way that I can. And that, that genuineness really comes off. And most people that I've come across that have psychedelics uh, do that now very, maybe very clearly, distinctly i don't like that personality and i think like i and i won't say the name but 
I saw some woman the other day and I very rarely get rubbed the wrong way, especially by an attractive woman. And this woman just fucking like visually made me like, ugh. and <laughs> like, I was thinking about reaching out. Do I reach out to her and try to get on her podcast? I'm like, no, <laughs> because I know in my gut, my gut is telling me exactly what right. to do. And, it, and it's, it's no, it, it, for some reason, stay away from that energy. And it, it, you learn to trust your gut uh, instinctively and intuitively, but then also without, um, uh, without question or without trying to give an excuse to somebody else while you're listening to your gut. You're just, you're very comfortable with being who you are, which if you're yeah. constantly chasing outside validation, you'll never be that. So mm -hmm. that that's comes back to that take home message. Just be within yourself. I'm curious, it, you know, when you, when you talk about the way in which you, you can react, whether it's a cop or whether it's a date or whether a lot of the times you'll just see someone fly off the handle, you know, or maybe someone's always like that. And specifically in your case, did you find that the way you talk to yourself inside your head is the same way you talk to people outside? An example would be like prior to maybe your use in psychedelics or maybe now, I don't know were you would you talk to yourself in the same manner you would talk to someone else but like, god i'm such a fucking bitch why the fuck would i do that wait fucker why did you do that you know what i mean like did you do you find there's a pattern with the way you communicate and talk to yourself and treat yourself in the way you treat other people oh 100 and and it's it's a it's a correlation that's undeniable and that's why <laughs> well in you have you know like the the neural linguistic programming from sure. back back in the day and and my my father's an example of this he wakes up he says it jokingly but he always calls himself a loser and he always wakes up and he's mm -hmm. oh, i'm a loser i'm a loser and i would do and it's almost just becomes part of his his vocabulary and i, I try to check him something I'm like dad stop stop saying that like you're, yeah. you're, you're not a loser and and but every day if you keep saying that to yourself yeah but yeah to my to my to your point excuse me i always looked at myself with yeah, you're a fuck up. How you doing this? And now you're not making money. So you're not a man. You're not producing. Uh, you're overweight. You're not like all of this shit. And then I, once again, I, once I properly put that, the, the negative stuff that I needed working on in the right compartment in my brain, put mm -hmm. the right spotlight on it. So that way I could put the right uh, energy on it. Then I could really see, wow, I am a, a beautiful, artistic, creative person. I really do inherently and innately love people. I really do have a, a lot to give back. And then, yeah, it was, you do deserve to go to the gym. You do deserve to go yeah. to yoga. You do deserve to have uh, gourmet coffee if that's what you choose, if you don't drink anymore. You do deserve to have proper relationships where people understand you and, and love you for who you are. Uh, and, yeah, you stop compromising with yourself and then you 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 extend that to in my case every interaction that i've that i have now um i'm super super conscious of of tone that used to be a big mm. and, and not that i'm uh, some big you know tough guy but i could come off puffing up my chest and the right pose being an intimidating person and i used to kind of use that to my advantage and never again if, if if anything i'll purposely look try to be less intimidating or, or if, if it's a small child or you know i'll get down on one knee to talk to them or just to be fully conscious of how you're moving your energy through the world and how that interacts with other people's energies where 
before I would just like a, you know, a, a shock driving a straight line, swimming in a straight line. There would be nothing in my path. I would just blast it away where now I I'm looking for those beings to interact with, to swirl and dance and, and have a conversation and appreciate that. Once again, that beautiful moment now. So if somebody is at any point, but in you, including in, in my life at that moment, then I, that's exactly where I need to be, want to be. And, uh, I, I really look for those moments and my life since this has just been this amazing unfolding of, it's like a, a, a truly a movie from amazing <laughs> adventures to great vacation, to high chases, speed chases on the highway, to beautiful women, to great jobs, to meeting eccentric old people, to all sorts of shit, including the conversations with demons, ghost angels and DMT entities and <laughs> all of the, the crazy stuff that I see in that DMT space. Um, Every day now is is an exploration of beauty, beauty and wonder. And I get asked the question the other day, like, you know, when was the last time something amazing or, or profound happened? And I'm like, every day, all day, because you can see the beauty and the pattern of the wood in the piece of plywood. You can see the 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 beautiful symmetry in the flower petal. You can, you know, the high resolution picture of the dragonfly's eyeball. You can see, holy shit, to the the giggle of a small kid you see it throughout the entire day and it just becomes a a great way to interact with with everything like when we get off the, the podcast now it's i'm going to see my buddy i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to do that and who knows what's going to come with all of those but i'm happy as fuck to know it's going to be something beautiful and wonderful where before it would be oh i'm thinking about work or i'm thinking about a bill mm -hmm. or i'm thinking about this or it's no way to live and it's certainly no way if you're doing it with alcohol and pills and just banging your head against the wall over the same shit. So, yeah, it's well said. It and it's helpful to know that you can find beauty in your immediate environment when old patterns find themselves working their way back into you. You know, for me, sometimes I, I'll find myself like being going down like a negative pattern of thought, like, ah, da, 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 da. but then I'm able to pull myself out of it by especially the act of creation like this, call it being in the, like one way that I, that I'm able to help navigate the perilous path that is negative thought is by understanding the power of creation. And you can do that by making a paper airplane, by sitting down and having a conversation like this with someone and genuinely listening and caring and trying to add value to a conversation and learning and being the student that, like, that you get to be when you have it, whatever it is. It could be talking to a kid, talking to your wife, talking to your friend. But I believe that the act of creation is an altered state of consciousness because you don't have time to think about the past. You're not worried about the future. You're in the moment, like you said, the power of now, whether it's Eckhart Tolle or whether it's any of these particular philosophies that, that anchor you to this moment where you're sharing this thing with someone. Like you and I are creating this awesome podcast right now. Like we're learning from each other and we're traveling down the road together and talking and thinking about it. But it's a different stream of, it's, a, it's an alternate state of awareness. And when you can find yourself in that state, everything else falls away and you become, you know, just become part of it, man. It's, it's, I think that's beautiful. It's like a flow state for any artist, yeah. a musician yeah. or yep. 
um, like I, I carve wood. I haven't in, in a while, but I used to carve wood where there'd be times where I would sit at, you know, stare at the log of the tree for, for days and not be able to do anything because it just wasn't there. And then there'd be a day where for 10 hours in a row, the chainsaw and the drills would just be going. You wouldn't even stop to go to the bathroom or to eat lunch. And it would just be like, oh, shit, where did the day go? Because you were just in that that state where it transcends time. It transcends mm. everything. And, and it, it is very similar to a psychedelic state. Um, I had somebody the other day say that um, meditation is their favorite psychedelic. And I love that because it it it's that similar flow state. It's that connection to your your mind your body there's that coherence you can feel your your heartbeat your everything and it is very psychedelic in in, in the fact that you know, maybe it's because you're getting more senses and then back to yeah. what we were saying before it's, it's when you're in a deep meditative state you, you try to block out what you normally you know are, are in, interacting with and then you're trying to get all this other extra sensory input all this or even if you're a void of extra sensory input, you're still getting something in that moment of silence. There's still energy vibrations going through you. And to try to pick those up, um, to give yourself the time and space to do that is, is half the battle. So if, you know, if you can combine that with, with the proper shroom or DMT or, you know, whatever your, your choice is, uh, it's profound. And, Maybe that, that's a big thing too, is most people don't take the hour of the day to do those things for themselves. So if you're yeah. going to trip on shrooms, you're going to take six to eight hours. Or if you're doing an ayahuasca retreat, you're playing for, for months and you're you know, going on a fast for days and you're spending thousands of bucks on it. But it's you're, you're doing it for yourself with the intent of doing it for yourself. And most people don't take the time to, to do that. Um, most people don't have the time to, or yeah. even have an honest discussion with yourself about what you need and then act through on it. Uh, is huge and typically like I said, when most people are like oh i'm gonna go buy an eighth of shrooms they, they know why they're buying it or, or getting it or growing it and they know what the what the intention is and uh most people just walk around with no intention or just that that same monotonous rat race where they're not really thinking about doing anything including unfortunately going to their kids baseball game or be a basketball game including making love to their spouse including running a company you, you do all these things in kind of pilot mode and you're never there as opposed mm. to now I do everything from literally grounding coffee to making a cup to there's not one thing I don't do that I'm fully, fully, fully engaged in. Um, and hopefully you see that as, as I do a podcast interview, interview with you, but I extend that not to make the other person feel important, but I do it because it, it makes me feel important. Like yeah. I, it makes me feel alive and vibrant. And this, this is, I want, I'm not fucking dead. Like <laughs> I'm still <laughs> left and, left. And, and I, you know, cause I, I was, 99% there. And, and that's a touchy topic too, but you don't really yeah. try to commit suicide either. You do, you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, I was oh, like, I was really, really, <laughs> I was there. I was really leaning towards not coming back. And now to, to know that I have a second chance at everything. Um, I will not never squander that ever again. So if I, you know, if I'm on this planet for five more days or for another 40, uh, I'm going to kick every day's ass and I'm going to do it in a genuine, authentic way. And money will come. I'm sure houses will come. I'm sure I'll, you know, all of that shit will figure its way out, but I'll do it on my terms and not because of somebody else's construct. And like you said in, an, in another podcast, man, you wish somebody told you that you could retire at 33. Or retire. <laughs> but maybe somebody just needs to hear what you and I say. Man, just be yourself and, and fuck it. If you want to do shrooms and go travel the world and, and find yourself because you hear stories like you, I, and other people's where it, it actually does benefit, 
if that's calling to you, then do it because you got one shot at this. Yeah. We get old quick. Fuck, we get old quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't... I was talking a while back with the death doula in, in, you know, one thing she had mentioned to me is that no one ever wishes they would have spent more time in the office. No one ever wishes, you know what? I wish I would have worked a lot harder this other job. I wish I would have spent less time. I wish I would have spent more time away from my family. Everybody wishes like, man, I wish I would have been a better husband. I wish I would have been a better dad. I wish I would have been a better mom. I wish I would have been a better brother. I wish I would have been a better person. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have taken more vacations. And like, if we know that, if you can talk to someone who sits with people who take their last breaths and we can get to hear what they are sad about, man, how can you not incorporate that into your life right now? Hmm, Someone's giving, a, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, we're all ancestors in training right now. And if you can take the wishes of someone who is sitting on their deathbed, fuck, I wish I would have been a better husband. Like if just the fact that I heard that means I need to be a better husband. The fact that your friend is like, what if I don't want to have this job and be in this place? Maybe that's a sign, man. Maybe the yeah. fact that you're saying it out loud has to do with something that's inside of you, man. Everything that you hear can be a sign for you to live the best possible life, man. If you're tuning into this and you're like, man, I, maybe I should travel a little bit. Like, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe mm -hmm. you should be serious about it. When you talk about it's a dream, when you envision that it's possible, when you schedule it, when you write that thing down – Guess what? You've just translated vision into reality. Boom, it's moving forward. And I, I do think that as long as you're here and you're healthy, man, you got everything. You may not have everything you want, but you have an opportunity to live a more meaningful life. And if you're here and you're healthy, fuck, man, you have mm. so much more than so many other people. And it, it's so easy to get caught up in all the shit you don't have, man. Everybody does it. Like, ah, if I just had that, you'd be like, no, you wouldn't. You already have everything you need right now in order to begin on the path that is more beautiful than you could possibly imagine. And when you do that, when you start just you just shift your focus like that, you will attract people into your life that, man, that want to be around you. It's like a magnet. It's like you're tapping into a magnet and you're like, all of a sudden you start radiating this stuff outwards and it draws people to you, man. Like it's, it's there. And I, I want everyone to feel it because everyone deserves to feel it, man. Everyone deserves to just take a load of shit off your plate for a minute and just sit there and be like, you know what? I worked really hard on this thing and I fucking I care enough about myself to start living a better life. Like you can, it just takes that first step forward, man. And I thought that's one reason why your book is so awesome. Like you, you really are vulnerable and talk about the things in your life that you did that you're not proud of, you know, and, and what that meant. And I think that the icing on the cake is to get to sit here and talk to you today and be like, look, man, here's, here's a person that did it. Like, why not? There's a better way. There is and a better it, way. Because you can live more happy and content. And it, that effect radiates. So, I mean, I lost Everybody. all of that. And, and I destroyed families and brought down a bunch of people with me. We're now just the opposite. You know, I, I've got little kids waiting to play Monopoly with me. And, and yeah. I, I have friends inviting me over for dinner. And it's like... Uh, yeah, it's be the person that you that you want to be, and don't cloud it by all the sh by all the crap that that gets clouded down on you. Um, yeah, I did want to, if, if I could. You were talking about the the knowledge that can be gleaned from people that are close to death. I think yeah. that when we talk about some of the exciting potentials of psychedelics, uh, okay. I know most people, especially with DMT, when they do it, they have a complete lack of fear of death. Like you, you mm -hmm. really 
you know that there's something more that there's different that that time is kind of an illusion that there's, there's your energy does pass on i think that's a common yeah occurrence when people do psychedelics and i just think the the power of that knowledge for people towards end of life whether it be you know elderly or whether you're just terminally sick to take a couple hits of dmt and then to to be calm with that so now you you it's not solving anything you still have the cancer you're still probably going to pass but you're comfortable with that passing because you know mm -hmm. how your energy is going to be transmuted into something better and greater, not lesser than. And if same thing with, with the prescription pills and, and how it's easily just pushed on everybody's throat and people take it with, without even questioning it. You imagine these people sitting there in the hospice, getting pumped up with morphine and all of these drugs and making them scared. You know, where am I? I'm losing control of my body, all of that, yeah. as opposed to, some micro dosing of shrooms or even a, a full dose of shrooms or a couple hits of a vape pen of DMT. And just to be able to put that in perspective, uh, I think the therapeutic value of end of life use of psychedelics to calm that transition is, is huge because uh, it's, it's very empowering to once again, walk around with, with knowing that you're not afraid of, of dying because it's, in my my experiences and talk about hours about that uh is, is really i'm very comfortable that that my energy is not just contained to this body and if and when this biological body does decease you know uh it will move on and that allows me comfort to do traveling and to go out and to live a, a full life because i'm not worried about the ramifications of death which that doesn't mean you go out and just live you know like a fucking rock star every day but you, you live not like a rat in a freaking treadmill. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you find the balance at least or try to. See, I think that this brings up an interesting point as to conditioning the revolution of the 60s psychedelics in the medical container. I think it is the fear of death that keeps people docile. And if you look at the way in which we treat our elders, like they're just sort of a cash crop for the medical industry. Let's talk about this machine all these pills and like we'll just charge oh. the insurance company hundreds of thousands of dollars and we'll take their all the retirement money we'll make them set like what happens when people put on the armor of god whether that's psychedelics or whether that's just not being afraid of death and they start standing up like that that to me is another part of the psychedelic revolution that's coming and i, I think that that is why so many people probably get pissed off and say this but you know that's coming like psychedelics comes with an awakening and with an awakening comes a revolution. And we're going to see what happens when, when the, the medical industry and the governments, what are they going to do with the youth that are fucking furious about the way their parents are treated, about the way they're treated, about the way the monetary system, because that is coming. And I think psychedelics are going to play a huge part in that. And I'm for that. Like, I think that on some level, the idea of authority needs to be challenged at a level that it hasn't been challenged in a long time. Man. And that, that's where I think that that is where the tough guy guys like that have, that have gone full circle and been like, you know what? I was this, I was this guy that was, that came off as a tough guy or I did all this stuff the wrong way. We need every one of those guys to go through their own revolution because those are going to be the mentors to the young kids coming up that need to understand what authority and power is. Like, I think that is common, man. What's your take on that? Oh, I, I agree. You, you have 
comfortable throwing your fingers up saying fuck you i'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> well yeah you, have, um, you had uh i've been watching so many podcasts you had adam uh tap on right we were talking about his father love that guy man had dementia and using 5-meo dmt i believe yeah so it's something like that where so you're gonna tell me what's best for my father i'm just i'm supposed to sit back and watch this man disintegrate because of you said so when you know especially someone like him that has medical training and he sees what happens uh there is a better unique way and he'll be the Mm. listening to this the story on your podcast it didn't completely solve him he's still an old man he's still at, at the you know at the end of his life that that's fine but there's a there's a healthier way and especially a lot of these plant-based medicines and not that just because it's plant-based means it's good but you can't tell me that some dmt or 5-meo dmt isn't going to be it should at least be on the table of discussion as opposed to all these other synthetic pharmaceutical drugs that you know Mm -hmm. are being pushed for for profit and you know we're talking about like that third person perspective and awareness of oneself and how you can apply that as you're talking with you and other people well you can apply that to corporations as well you know these people aren't hiding anything they're for profit organizations they they have lobbyists that are paid you know millions and millions of dollars to promote their views they've explicitly state that they're trying to get you to be on a a subscription and and have a prescription excuse me and continue using their pills that they're telling you what the fuck they are or, or what they can <laughs> So it's just being able to call bullshit on that. Yeah. I know when it comes to my loved ones, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like a super mama's boy. Uh, when she starts getting into needing care like that, I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> I pity the person that gets between me and her yeah. and my, you know, some shroom tea on a Friday night so we yeah. can watch a movie together. If, if yeah. you're going to tell me that that can't happen, then, you know, that, but that's where, the personalities and personas like myself where I'm not intimidated by any man or woman. I'm not intimidated by any person. And I like kind of going into a room and calling out the elephant in the room. I'd like having awkward conversations. I, I feel like if a conversation is somewhat awkward to bring up or it's challenging to have, that means it really needs to happen. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that guy that will walk into a room and just be like, yeah, fucking fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, you know, um, or just, hey, this isn't, this isn't right. Uh, the, the plan isn't just to drug everybody up with a bunch of stuff. The, the plan isn't to tell a young woman who's just recently pregnant, well, keep doing drugs and we'll take the baby. No, how about how about let's come up with a game plan of weaning off the drugs and then you can start a family and a life together. Yeah. And I, I, I kiss these little kids a couple of times a week. <laughs> and I, I, but, you know, talking about, and this is where, you know, I do get emotional because I don't have my own kids and I do really love their energy. And to think, that they could have been snuffed out of my life because of the medical community or because of just not giving a person, this beautiful woman, the benefit of the doubt. Because what? Because she didn't have the money that some other woman had or, or wasn't wearing a fancy purse or didn't come with a fancy car. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to you know, judge her and be like, oh, you're just going to lose your kid? Fuck that. And that that's where – and luckily her – her and her her boyfriend, my friend, stood up and, and said that to the doctors. Like, you're, you're fucking nuts. Like, we're going to take this life and we're going to do what we want with it. Um, and if more people do that to authority, to teachers, to doctors, to mm-hmm. even eventually their parents. I hate to say it. Not every parent's a good parent. Um, you need to stand up. And, yeah. Uh, and that that's where if I can be the initial voice to start somebody else to have their own voice and, and knowing that. It's nothing I could do or nothing you could. It's the power of the plant to see yourself as you truly are. And 
Uh, it's a narrative that's been, you know, going on now for thousands of years. And it, it, it works because you, you take the power back and then you all those bullies, whether they be real or fake in your life, just just bow down. Yeah. And go down like I do and look at butterflies and pieces of wood and <laughs> eat ice cream and coffee and laugh all day. Yeah. Way better than being the stressed out prick that I used to be. <laughs> yeah, but it was necessary. Like you have yeah. to go through it. Like the only way out is through. And I don't know why different people have different paths, whether they chose them or whether it's just a test that they have to go through. But, you know, it's necessary. And that's that's something that I think can be transformational for people that are in a mess right now is just to chant the mantra to yourself, it's necessary. And just, just let that roll around in your head for a little bit. You'll figure it out. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But what can I learn from this? What else can this mean for me? What is this teaching me? You know, is there any possible way I can come out of this better? You start asking those kind of questions in a deep tragedy. Watch out. Because mm -hmm. that is the mind of someone who is seriously doing the work. Like, And the answer to a lot of those questions is yes. You know, it's just, it's fucking so hard to find the answer sometime. But you know, where you stumble is where you find the gold. Where you, like you said, with an uncomfortable feeling about a conversation is a conversation that needs to be had. Absolutely. An uncomfortable feeling about being stuck somewhere is a is a feeling that needs to be addressed. You know, and it doesn't mean to be addressed by you don't drown that one in alcohol. Or there's no pill big enough to take that thing away, man. It's just it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And and so the, the physical stresses that our body shows us, you know, back to that yes. kind of car analogy with the indicator lights. It's if you have high blood pressure, if you're overweight, if you're yeah. not sleeping right, if you, I mean, all of the, the issues that people have. Uh, and I had several of them. Yeah. You don't you have to address the, the reason why they're happening, not just try to cover them up. And. Like I, said, I keep going back to the word empowering, because once once you realize that the stresses in your life. So in my case, right now, the, probably the only thing I have is financial stress. So I'm not making the money that I used to. I had this debt now that I got to kind of come back with. But what opportunity can I have? So now I've met three or four new people as far as employment op opportunities. I have several cool new jobs where I've met a bunch of awesome people. Yeah. I've been to like the mansions in Newport. I've been to these awesome buildings in, in Boston doing a cool job. I just met somebody that's going to teach me how to build uh, little mini houses and then run a sawmill. Um, like being an author, being going on podcasts now, like there's just so much awesome things that that can come about. And yeah, do I still have issues with my money? Yep. Am I still back on my taxes that I got to figure out when this was never an issue prior? But there's so many opportunities for growth, so many opportunities for me to better myself. And I'm very comfortable and confident that in two to three to four or five years, I'll be fine. I'll make, I'll, I've made a shit ton of money before in multiple ways. I'm sure I'll do it again. I know that the experiences that I've had, the fact that I can look through my phone and be like, oh, I went to Zion, I went to Bryce, I went to Northern California, I went to this cave, I went to yeah. the drum circle in Asheville, North Carolina on Friday nights, which if anybody is in around that area, you definitely have to do that. <laughs> but like, these are all these things now that I will, I will have with me for the rest of my life. And it's, it's not, the, the value of those are priceless. Um, because yeah. I'll always be able to make more money. You, I won't always be in my 40s where I can go hiking for eight hours or that I can do these these massive hikes or I can even be on the road without eating for two days and not give a fuck. Like yeah. this, 
do do it now while you can. Um, yeah. And that's whether you're, you're 20 or you're 80. Just you have the opportunity. And you've said it multiple times just to create your own beautiful destiny and not follow some path that somebody else thinks you should should go down. Yeah, that's a that's that's a pathway to the that's a pathway that leads to disaster, external validation. And look, we money my my mom my wife's dad said it really good. He said, you know, money doesn't make you better, but enough money makes your life easier. And it's true. Like it does make it easier. Like if you don't have to worry about your fucking taxes or you don't have to worry about fuck, do I have enough money to buy my kid milk, to, you know, for this week? Like those are real struggles that people have. And like everybody battles with, with a monetary, at least everybody I know battles with, with money on some level. But the truth is relationships are the true currency. Relationships are the well, true currency. Relationships are the true currency. Cause like you said, if you need 20 bucks for a sandwich and you have some really close friends, you're probably going to get it. But more than that, you can sit down with someone and be like, I am fucking losing my mind about this thing. Can I talk to you for a minute? And that removing that barrier will allow the money to flow in, you know, and, and maybe it's money. Maybe it's, I don't know what it will allow abundance to flow into your life, but you have to get rid of the blockages and relationships, ladies and gentlemen, are the new currency. And I see it happening in my life, in the story that you've written in this our conversation today, in our newfound relationship. Like that's a currency, man. I can call you from now on and be like, Adam, what's up? What do you think about this? Like that's building something, man. And, and so many of us are in this rebuilding phase where we're building a foundation on which we can all move forward. And like, I, I think that the, the movement right now of psychedelics, even though you've been in this game for a long time, like it's just beginning to be rolled out to the masses. Like it's still the early days. And like the, what we're building right now, I think we're going to look back on these days out of fond memories. <laughs> I hope so. Well, <laughs> it, like, you know, hopefully in, like we'll be the Terrence McKenna's of, you know, yesteryear or, you know, even just these, these foundational people like the, the Rick Strassman's that have been, a, you know, studying oh. DMT or even right now that there's a lot of, awesome minds that are, that are working at Imperial college and, yes. um, you know, things like that. And so where will we be in five, 10, 15 years? And I know some obscure kid from new England that just wrote a book that had, I know right now it's, it's minor and it's a tiny little pebble rolling down the hill, but so were all those other people 15, 20, 30 years ago. And it started with one book. It started with, you know, like I'm a big fan of Alan Watts and I think I love yeah. his philosophy. I love his, his speaking voice. And you watch some of his old videos when he was like this young man as, as a you know lecturer. And it's like, yeah, at some point he was just, and I know he died young too, but like at some point he was just this young guy with the balls to stand up in front of an audience and be like, yeah, no, I've, I have the knowledge of, of, you know, Eastern religions and, and mysticism yeah. and all this shit. And I can, I can speak in a, in an intelligent way. And he had the balls to do that. And now, you know, years after his death, there's so many people that have benefit from, from his words. And, I'd like to think, yeah, there, these stories will help. I'm not going to be producing any scientific data. I'm not going to be, you know, writing any of these crazy papers, but I can hopefully share my experience and give people, um, just another data point to say, Hey, this, this is another guy that, that it helped out and use it totally their advantage. Want to either go towards my path or want to run as far the fuck away from it as possible. But, um, either way, I hope. 
shake once again shake you out of your rut or or you know what maybe if, if things are really beautiful and things are great psychedelics can make them even that much more beautiful and that much more wonderful um if you already think you have a great job and great wife and great yeah. kids then you're going to see them that much more truly and beautifully so yeah we we can't all be um, zeus Depato. we all can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's an awesome dude like so i've i've reached out to him he's got my book actually um and i'd love to so he's doing all sorts of cool work with like vr and, and headsets yeah. and um like how awesome with, and not with really any intent of medical or therapeutic so you're saying like putting this medical box they're doing it really for like yeah. pleasure and, and what's how far can the mind go and it's 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 awesome but yeah so like where is he as a young man gonna be when he's bald and gray and old and he's been doing this for 20 years it's going to be it's going to be awesome um i know i want to be part of those studies that's, yeah. that's for sure hopefully i just got to make some money to get out there now i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe your book getting there is the beginning of the bridge to get out there like there, there's something going on at, at in the netherlands over there where they they don't have the boundaries of like they can work with human subjects you know they don't have that they don't have so much of like all this red tape where they you can't do anything, but you know, Abigail Calder is working on LSD. Um, there's so many people at Imperial College London that are doing some cool stuff. And there's people right here in the United States that are working on awesome things. Like there's the science that's happening right now is explosion. It wasn't, it wasn't too long ago that you would be laughed out of laughed out of school and never be given a grant. If you said that you took psychedelics seriously, but I mean, we, that, you know, uh, there's, there's another great company, um, called moksha journeys and they're out of oregon and denver rose an incredible incredible woman great story the whole team over there from prema to just the whole team is amazing and they are using particularly psilocybin as an addiction model and they've had people come through like their first cohort went through and the people that went in there with like an addiction score of 12 in the first week after going through the therapy of like you know psychedelics and sitting down with their nutritionist and sitting down with the people that understand NLP the first week, these people scoring from like a 10 down to a two, you know, like they're doing incredible work. And like, that's undeniable. This is the kind of thing that science loves is this, this tangible thing that we can measure. Okay. Well, here they are. And here they are now. Like you can't get away from that. And even as much as some pharmaceuticals don't want there to be you know, a, a competition to their model. Like it's beginning to get to the place where it's undeniable. And like, I see that future emerging. It's I'm so thankful for it, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, there's a uh, guy, Joe Dispenza. I don't know if mm, you've heard him. Read his, so he's a, a book, uh, Becoming Supernatural. And that's, I like his approach because he is a medically trained doctor that does use brain scans to prove, all right, in deep meditation, your, your brain and heart do lower rates and, and become coherently connected uh that you know your your body does endogenously produce dmt when you get into these states and through breathing and you read this book and it's like you said it's undeniable so you could the story of the meditative monk sitting on a mountaintop a thousand years ago and all he you know in this state of elated bliss is now proven that this can happen in northern california by some guy drinking a latte because it's in his brain scan is proving that it went from this to this and his breath is thrown that away. And then like I said, to, to naturally pulse DMT through mm. your body. Um, th those are the studies that I'm, I'm super interested in because now I've, I've, I want to try to not take it out of the experimental realm, but I, I know what I can do in the comforts of my own space. And I know how yeah. far I can push it, but 
you know, there are places like the Monroe Institute um, mm. where they're, they're working on the um, brain hemispheres working in, in coherence together by different vibrations uh, or different frequencies. So I've, I've been reaching out to them to hopefully start some of their programs and anybody can go. You just a matter of signing up for them. But how cool would that be? Because one of their programs is after you've gone through some of their classes and you've kind of gotten a little bit advanced, you, you do those same techniques while being monitored. And then you get to see how your body is physiologically changing. And I'd love to, you know, talk about, and not that, so this would be like self-validation, not external validation, but how cool would it yeah. be to see your own, to be like, oh no, in five minutes of meditation, I can do this. Or, yeah, I know I can produce DMT by breathing, watch, and then to be like, oh fuck, like, or whatever. I, I, you know, your body astral projected for an hour and it's proven like, yeah, for that hour, your body was just beating at whatever, you know, 30 beats or whatever. Like that's the stuff that interests me because it's not, I can tell stories to my parents and my friends and be like, oh, I, you should see the shit that I see. You should see the vibrations of my body. <laughs> but until, you know, maybe if I come home with some brain scans and data to be like, yeah, no, look, like it really, this really does happen. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know for the rest of my life, I'm going to be dedicated to exploring my intellectual curiosity about my brain consciousness, reality, how psychedelics work with that. But then the big picture, and, and I know this is, we're on common ground. How do you tie that into helping others and letting your story, um, help others process their own and if you can do it with the loss and experience that you've had and do it with a smile and if i can do it with the, the harsh and trauma that i've been through and the self-destruction that i caused myself and others and come out of it uh hopefully it'll give people confidence to to go through that battle themselves and to know yeah you're going to walk through some shit but you will come out with that that sash full of badges that show you what a badass you are and once with those badges you know that like I'm, like I said, I'm not afraid of any any individual or any circumstance bringing me down. I'm very comfortable with what the world's going to bring me, and I think you are as well. And that's a that's a great position to be in. Whether you're walking into a new room at a party where you don't know anybody, or you're starting a new business, or you're just walking through the woods by yourself, uh, it's great to know that sense of self. Man, I think that's a great spot to to leave it for today, Adam. This beautiful man. I just I can't get over the the shawl of patches on my belt man i feel like we've covered a bunch of them today dude this is so awesome but before i let you go man where can people find you where can people get the book at what do you got coming up what are you excited about uh so the the books everywhere so i mean amazon's obviously the, the easiest way but um bonds and noble sells it walmart sells it uh if you're in new england um newberry comics is this really cool store they've got like 20 different locations uh it's in i think like 15 of their stores so it's in a couple cool shops um I just recently put out the audiobook, so that was nice. like four weeks ago. So I recorded that with the two other people that wrote in the book. So that was a fun experience. Um, but I'm, I'm, this is all relatively new to me. So I just started kind of my Instagram account and Twitter or X Twitter account. Uh, everything's at either books by Adam Butler or Adam Butler books. But if, if you, you know, you search YouTube, search me now, there'll be a couple of things that come up, but, um, I'm interested in collecting stories. And if, if anybody has any cool stories, then, then please share my email uh, books, at, excuse me, Adam Butler books at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story and, and other people's just to add it to my, my data points of that. This is the right path. Uh, I am writing another book kind of to do with, with the integration of all this inf information. Cause that first book was like, Holy shit, this is me. I just blew up fucking everything <laughs> like fucking destruction story. But now I kind of want to make the, the next one. Yeah 
uh, a little bit. How do you put this all into place? And but also at the same, you know, there's some really good books out there by medical professionals that are three, four, five hundred pages thick. I want to make this one an approachable field guide that's fun, that speaks like I do, uh, that makes it kind of accessible and approachable. But man, so now you broke your fucking mold. Now you got to fix it. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> the next one. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to. More, I'm excited to learn from the people in this space. As much as I feel as though my story can potentially add a small data point, uh, I'm a very, very happy student in this space. And I look yeah. forward to, to sitting around and listening to other conversations. So thank you. Thank you for being part of that. And uh, I'm sure we'll connect. If yeah. Then I'll buy you a sandwich if I go to Hawaii. Maybe you'll buy me one. Of course, <laughs> man. Of course, man. I can't wait to... Uh... I can't wait to connect further and have more conversations and maybe next time we'll bring some more people into the tent and try to make it a little more har harmonious. You know, the more voices out there, the better. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, go down to the show notes, check out Adam Butler's book, go down and reach out to him. If you want to share a story with him, reach out, got a new book coming out. His last book you can buy with the link at the show notes. That's all we got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on briefly afterwards, Adam, everyone else. I love you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I would just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.